If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Here's a weird, I, I, and maybe this isn't true, but you, Jim, did train with the, was it the Navy SEALs? Is that made up nonsense? No, I did not train with the Navy SEALs. <laughs> but what, uh, I, what that might be referring to is when I did the Grinch, I was uh, literally the makeup was like being buried alive every day. How long did it take? Uh, the first day was eight and a half hours. And I went back to my trailer and put my leg uh, through the wall. Uh, and I told Ron Howard I couldn't do the movie. And uh, then Brian Grazer came in, and uh, being the fix-it man, and uh, came up with a brilliant idea, which was to hire a gentleman who is trained to, uh, uh, to teach CIA operatives uh, how to endure torture. And so... <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very merry, iconic podcast with me, Danny. And me, Jenna. Hello, Jenna. Hey. Merry Christmas. Oh. It's Christmas week. It's Christmas week. It's, it's arrived. It's Christmas week. Yes. We made it. Finally. The holiday season is not just here. It's upon us. The advent calendar is almost empty. Uh, what, four days until Christmas or something like it. that? It's yeah. wild. It's very cool. I feel like the holidays just happen so quickly. Mm-hmm. Normally I go home for Christmas, but this year I went home for Thanksgiving and so I've been here for the holiday season and Matt and I are moving and so it's, it all has just moved in an instant mm-hmm. as it always, as it usually does, it I suppose. Does. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm happy we made it and we were only going to do six episodes this season. Yeah. And here we couldn't help ourselves. We did a million more. And too much we, fun. We still wanted to release a holiday episode, even though it's Christmas week. Yeah. So we're uh, we're here to talk more about the Grinch. Yes. Yeah. We had to come back. <laughs> we had to, and not the original we cartoon, which back. is perfect. No. Yeah. Some of you out there might be thinking, "Oh, they must be covering the cartoon version." From the 60s. Yeah. Or maybe some of you are thinking they're covering oh, the cartoon version from 2018 mm-hmm. that they released theatrically. No, we're here to cover again the Jim Carrey version. The Jim we, Carrey. Have, <laughs> we have more thoughts. We have more thoughts. And I feel like this is our now 
our second annual Grinch episode mm-hmm. because we find the film incredibly unhinged. Yes. And maybe there'll be a third next year. We no, it, now we have to. Now we're committed to this bit. Yeah. And so every year we're doing a Grinch episode. Mm-hmm. We're yes. do- we have to. We'll we have out. to agree to it right now. I'm in. Okay. Okay. Pinky sir. Pinky yes. <laughs> okay. And then after we talk a little bit about the Grinch, I'm going to play an interview I did with Anna Gastar and Rachel Dretch, who were in a Comedy Central holiday movie, and they talk. They were on my other show, Everything Iconic, and so I wanted to play the interview here, sort of a holiday treat, and just uh, so you guys can hear it in case you missed it on my other show, mm-hmm. uh, because we talk all about holiday movie stuffs. And they did a movie called A Cluster Funk Christmas, which was a parody of all the Hallmark movies. So we, t- it's really fun. cute and funny, and I'm sure it's replaying a million times but even if you haven't seen it it's still a fun chat with two snl legends so we're gonna play and that groundlings after. girls and, and after so after we play the um after we talk more about the grinch <laughs> <laughs> the grinch okay so this is the, the 2000 jim carrey version yes and there's specifically you've done a lot of research yes since the last episode last year i've done further deep dives into this because mm-hmm. you, you know, couldn't stay away i couldn't stay away Right. Yeah. Much like how I was up in the middle of the night searching Etsy for the young Grinch. Oh, yeah. Those dolls. Oh, that was so funny. Remember that when people ordered yeah. them and sent us photos? And I told Anna and Rachel that we, that comes up in my chat with them later. But yeah, it's, it's so like funny. I was on Etsy just searching with these young baby Grinches. Yeah. The people just, I don't know, painting at their homes. So, so instead of searching Etsy, you were searching the, the dark web for yeah, facts. Because there's apparently... Some so much drama happened during this filming because you know Jim Carrey Moore's come out on him being, you know, very unhinged, kind of a method actor for almost like psychopathic, like psycho- yeah, psycho- psychopathic, yeah, Is like that a you word? Know, on that man, man on the moon, man on the moon, yeah, yeah, that Andy Kaufman one. But apparently on this one, there's this super famous um, practical effects makeup guy from Japan. Um, Which that costuming must have taken forever. So mm-hmm. off, the bat, off the bat, I mean, yes, it would have been a nightmare to do that. So Jim Carrey, we're mm-hmm. going to drag him in a moment. And I've yes. always loved Jim Carrey. I have. Oh, I me really, too. I liar, got his liar. book that just came out. His, I, his book just came out. So we've always loved Jim Carrey. Big but uh, he seemingly was a monster on the set. Yeah. And I can imagine some of it we can chalk up to the fact that he was in a makeup chair for eight and a half hours. <sighs> Which, but so what did you find? Okay, so he likened it because he, he was pretty vocal about it after it the came makeup out. makeup guy. Saying, um, oh, we'll get to him in a sec. But oh. Jim Carrey said that being in the makeup chair for eight and a half hours and in all that fur, it was yak fur, felt like being buried alive. And I'm like, mm. okay, yeah, that seems like a kind of a crazy Same. outfit anyways. Yeah. Um, but, I sometimes feel that way when I got to put on a little rouge before I do my YouTube content. Totally. Oh, yeah, bronzer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, man. Eyeliner? I don't like it. And um, oh, so... The uh, the makeup artist, this guy's name is Kazuhiro Suji. He's from Japan. And he's done some amazing, amazing projects. And, and he's known in that world to yeah. be like the best, right? He's the best. He's okay. the best. And so that's where they were really getting. And Jim won, like, I get, or not Jim, sorry. Kazu won best makeup for The Grinch. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, oh, the, the Oscar. Academy Awards? Oh. Yeah. Like, well, oh, yeah. Okay, that makes cool. sense. Yeah, yeah. And so he's doing the makeup. And Jim, I guess, was crazy to everyone on set. But then the last, I think he finally lost it you know, on Kazu, like, I can't do this. He would yell at him about, like, the green or whatever. Because Jim was a perfectionist with it? Yeah, or I okay. think just maybe, but he wasn't always right. Like, he said that, I guess, Ron Howard directed this, is yeah. that right? So he said that people on set came out and were like, you know, Jim would just leave for long periods of time, come back, and, like, he would like, destroy the set, whatever. And so Kazu <laughs> left, left partway through the filming, 
and he went into he therapy for the first it. time <gasps> ever. He was driven to therapy. to therapy, which I'm a support. I'm a big yeah, advocate for therapy. But like to ha- be on set at your job that you're to the never top of your field at to never do therapy until <laughs> Jim Carrey terrorizes you after putting on the yak fur. <laughs> exactly. And so then finally, I think Ron Howard had to call him a couple weeks later and was like, Look. to get him back on. Yeah, because Jim, I think that was it was a ruse to teach him how to. You know, th- th- how important Kazu is to all of this. And so then Jim realizes, but I also learned last night, couldn't sleep, found this out, that Ron Howard um, hired a secret CIA operative whose um, his specialty is to how, how to deal with people who have been tortured and kind of like, <laughs> so in this case, it's Jim Carrey. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. She's not tortured in the makeup chair. Poor Kazu. And the PAs were tortured. Yeah. To get him to call Kazu or like l- l- see the error of his ways call Kazu and lure him back and so and the article you sent me didn't it take a lot of uh coercing to get Kazu on the film in the first place because wasn't yes. he retired yes so he was retired mm-hmm. he had done a bunch of stuff beforehand do you know what some of the can you Let pull up some of the now. projects yeah. that he yeah he Let did me. beforehand but apparently he was essentially retired but mm-hmm. they all wanted him for this movie because they thought he's the best we need him for this project it's a live action version oh. of the animated feature film The Grinch mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes he did Bombshell the- he, they also won oh so he's Bombshell? still doing it now oh, so yeah, he's he retired back. and came back but gary oldman was the one for darkest hour to be churchill that he was like i'm never doing another movie he has a oh, warehouse in los angeles so gary oldman got him to come back for that movie yeah he's like i won't do churchill which he also won an oscar for it's he, he's like, this guy's like Wait, king midas of makeup he oh he would do he did churchill for the darkest hour movie. oh okay oh i got confused oh yeah i so never saw that oh yeah i I'm not interested. Like an hour of it. I have seen The Grinch upwards of 50 times, but I've never seen yeah, the, darkest the Darkest Hour about <laughs> Churchill. Not Gary interested. Oldman's Academy Award winning turn is... <laughs> Give me Jingle Churchill. All the Way every year, but I'm not going to watch that Churchill movie. Yes. Oh, he did Nutty Professor also. Classic. Let's see. Um, so he must work with that other guy, Ron Baker, right? Yes. Okay. Nutty Professor. So he was like... So maybe one Black. of... He oh. did The Zombies and Men in Black. So this guy is like the top of his game. Then Jim Carrey on The Grinch broke him wow this zen he's done all this master worked with everyone <laughs> like zen master got broken like, by jim carrey right and uh, i couldn't imagine like being one of the other people on the set because they all had to do that extensive makeup it wasn't jim had to wear the act for i got it mm-hmm. but even the extras had to wear those fucking noses oh yeah and that wasn't just a walk in the park that took upwards of i'm sure two hours i think i read that somewhere i don't oh, do my God. research here but i think it was about two hours it probably was and so those people had to put on the fucking noses for mm-hmm. two hours and then Jim would just escape, go for a walk because he'd be going nuts trash after spending eight minutes. Trash the set. Uh, I mean, what a nightmare for yeah. all of those people. Yeah, I, I don't know. You wonder, like, was it all really necessary? I know, I know. I don't. <laughs> you know how I feel about this movie, and I'll watch it every year. I'll watch it over yeah. and over again. But it is terrible, yeah. and I do not care for it. And they did not need to make it. Yeah, uh, but. I, it's funny, Matt, we were just talking before we were recording, Matt was in here and we were saying we watched Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. And Love that in Liar Liar, we hadn't seen it in forever. It's I think 96 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And Jim is so high energy. And of course, I we loved it as kids. And it's it was Ventura, so, I mean, so funny. And he's so talented, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, incredibly talented. And I, I sort of miss that comedy that he used to do. Like, mm-hmm. they don't make those anymore. Yeah. And uh, even Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is probably my all time, aside from You've Got Mail, it's like right up there with my favorite movie. Like, Eternal Sunshine, is, he's brilliant in it. But 
uh, we were watching Liar Liar and he's so high energy and they play the bloopers during the credits and yeah. it just seemed like such a nightmare to be one of the other workers and you could tell the other actors were like, oh, come on, like enough with this. Yeah, like he was I have so a sandwich annoying. in my trailer. Like stop <laughs> like, doing... hurry up. Yeah. And he's just doing all this improv and imagine how much time added to the set that was and especially in the late 90s and early 2000s when like he could get away with all of that and the studios would just give them more and more money i'm sure the studios are like ron howard how much fucking money you want for this you're doing a jim carrey's grinch blank check however much time jim needs on set yeah and i'm sure a lot of the dialogue and stuff that jim does in this movie it feels like it's just off the cuff improvised Mm -hmm. and so what we're seeing on screen is improvised imagine how much extra improv they had that was on the cutting room floor that the other people who were dressed in the fucking noses just had to sit and wait around to do it's so (sighs) intense and also thinking about how the story's already written it's not an original story Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and i think also it took them at the very very start three weeks to do i think three pages of script or something like that like three days worth of work took three weeks so they're already like that we're presenting facts on here that we're not really sure of (laughs) (laughs) you were just like i think it was like three weeks i think it was like three weeks i'm pretty sure it was was like three weeks it was like three scenes in three weeks has jim carrey ever been married and um yeah was he wasn't he with lauren holly from or oh from yeah. um dumb and dumber. dumb and dumber and then he was with renee zellweger for a while who oh, i love after renee. myself and irene I, yeah they were around that time i think they were maybe even engaged oh wow so he does the co-star thing too yeah there's people like I, that you know i had a he was one, one of my earliest crushes i had a crush on jim carrey oh. i found him very sexy Did which, you which movie would you, you know i you remember like? this is a deep cut some of the gays out there listening might remember this but there was like an image that i found online circa mm-hmm. 2000 mm-hmm. Uh, where he had like presented an award show or something, but he just, he was dressed as like Adam from Adam and Eve. I think it was like a VH1 award show or something. Oh. And he had just like a leaf covering his, his whatever. Yeah. And I remember I somehow saw it on the internet. I don't know how it came up or something, but it was like that from that image on. And that was a, was ra- that was probably around the liar liar years, like, mm-hmm. or maybe even a little he's younger cute. than that. Mm-hmm. Like he's very handsome mm-hmm. and Bruce yeah. Almighty ish. Yeah, I don't like uh, to me. I didn't like the Bruce Almighty. No, I, I, I was liar, liar. Yeah, that was. I mean, I like Bruce Almighty, but I didn't find him sexy in that. Oh, Did yeah. you ever find him sexy? I don't know if I've ever. I mean, this might say I thought maybe Ace Ventura. You're like the Grinch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Grinch. Honestly, I got a thing for furries. No, um, I think he was probably. I mean, maybe. No. Yeah. yeah maybe oh, see, maybe East Ventura because the swag. I'm uh, into that. You know, I recently learned <laughs> that I have a big thing for Canadians. <laughs> it's like it become a real like new thing that I've ex- discovered about myself cool. because, um, well, we just did that movie Single All the Way. Mm-hmm. There's that Luke McFarlane. He's a Canadian guy. <gasps> There's this guy Stephen Amell who's like in this wrestling show and he played Arrow on the CW, like that superhero thing. Yeah. So hot, this Canadian. And he sort of looks like the Luke McFarlane guy. And then Taylor Kitsch from Friday Night Lights, remember, played Tim Riggins with the hot, long, hot hair. He's Canadian? All these Canadians, yeah. Oh. And I realized, like, I was thinking about it when, it was probably when I was watching Single All the Way, because I was like, oh, I have a thing for Canadians. Yeah. And they all seem very nice. Like, I follow them all. Is he a Canadian? Yeah, I think. I'm just making that up. I feel like he is. You know what? Fast and loose with the facts here. Here's the thing, too, with, like, The Grinch. Watching it as an adult is so different. Wait, but how do you feel about Canadians? Um, competent. Oh, okay. I'm really into okay. them. Yeah, yeah. Really I just feel like them. they're not really. We don't think of them as like much when we players. think of like sexy hot men. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to. Yeah, yeah like objectify the hockey, a- the hockey aspect and everything. The northern border. Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds is. Can mm-hmm. I don't have a thing for him. Mm-hmm. He actually doesn't do anything for me, but he's Canadian. You don't me neither. 
Which is interesting, because I think he does a lot of stuff for a lot of people. I don't like that shtick he does. I know we all have shticks, but I don't like that shtick. Although He's I love Van De- Wilder in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. I do love him in um, Definitely Maybe. But yeah. It's my favorite movies. Oh, wait. Okay, oh, so, so wait, what? I interrupted you oh, about yeah, Canadian so Dick. It? Oh, I rewatched the cartoon also. And you're right, like the animosity between Grinch and the town, you know... Like I currently right now, I live on a hill in the Hollywood Hills with my dog who kind of looks like his dog. You're basically the Grinch. And so I'm basically the Grinch. Like I spend Christmas by myself. Like I I love it. You're the Grinch. Yeah. Like with my pets, I'm the Grinch. I'm Lady Grinch. You're turning into Lady Grinch. And by the way, why haven't we had a Lady Grinch? If we're going to update it, let's get a Lady Grinch in there. Oh, Rachel Dratch. Let's get her in there. Oh, she would crush it. Okay. Put her in, or coach. Jennifer Coolidge. Put her in, coach. <gasps> Jennifer Coolidge. I couldn't imagine a Jennifer Coolidge Grinch, but I'd love it. I'd like, love just it. honestly, just spray paint her green. No, no prosthetics. Just let her be herself. Yeah, we don't need that. I don't want her to sit in a makeup. Bed, no, sure. no. On the Housewives she of Atlanta, great. one of the women, Kenya Moore, dressed as the Grinch in one episode. <laughs> <She> green face. <laughs> yeah, it was like she had green paint on her face, and it was really funny. And that image always comes to my mind. <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. I like committing to costumes. I'm yeah. a fan. I mean, I could never do a movie like this. I know we talked about this when we did our initial Grinch episode, our part one. Mm-hmm, part one. Um, but I couldn't. I wouldn't want to do it. It would be eight hours in the makeup chair. Like I would go fucking nuts. I don't see why that even is a good idea. Because then I think what they did after he came back, and he didn't have to be on set. And didn't he have to learn the meditation practices, like just to be able to sit there? You have to like learn med. Maybe I was thinking of another movie, but you have to learn like meditation practices just to sit in the fucking chair. It's too much. I'll do a Home Alone. Yeah, like, I'll act in a Home Alone. You can Marvin. I'll Harry. have a stunt. I'll stunt double. Do all the stunts. Mm-hmm. I'll just show up with like a a half beanie that yeah, was burned off. Burned. Yeah, it's <laughs> off. Why do we? Why have we not done that for Halloween? Oh my god! I know Marvin Harry would be great costumes. They would be great. Really good costumes. Yeah, everyone would know. Now oh, I, we need to do it next year. A fake tarantula. <gasps> yes. Yeah, the, or okay. the eye, or like the makeup for like the iron? It looks like an iron came on oh, her face. See that was yeah. Wait, that's you, makeup chair. Did we talk about Home Sweet Home Alone? I hated it. Jenna, I've, I haven't watched I it yet, it. but Buzz is in it. Buzz right? is in it, which is the only I've good part. Terrible. I hated it. I was it made me so mad. Okay, and I under I'm not one of these people who's like so precious about it. Like we can't redo it, whatever. But. <laughs> I felt like they just missed all the things that made Home Alone good. They missed the cozy house. They missed, it just like wasn't. Abandonment. <laughs> yeah. They, did they abandon a child in this they one? They did, or? but the oh. child was like such an asshole. Oh. And like the, Kevin was, and the Sweet. parents were assholes. Like everyone was an asshole in it. You almost like rooted for the robbers. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so it was like really. Okay, I need to watch don't it. Wa- no, don't. Don't. Okay. Well, maybe watch. Maybe watch it and hate watch it. That's so funny that, which is what I do. It made me so mad. It <laughs> yeah. made me so upset. You root for the robbers i love that when you just like see the villain and you're like oh yeah i'm actually not opposed to their viewpoints right now yeah the i thought maybe we'd cover home sweet home alone like when i saw the preview for it i was like maybe we'll cover it on the podcast and i watched it and i was like i can't i hate it yeah um has there been any other holiday movies this season that you've watched that you were into or that you would recommend or that we haven't covered that maybe we need to make a note of for next season oh my go-to's that i've already watched are the holiday Mm-hmm. Nancy Myers classic and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh, so, Those so are good. just the best. So, so good. You know, oh. next season, we're going to have to cover the holiday. We need to make that a priority mm. because we haven't covered it. And I know people are wanting it. Instead, we had to cover all those Vince Vaughn movies. Yeah. This year. <laughs> 
and do <laughs> another Grinch correct. one. Yes. We'll get to- We're getting to the holiday. This is part two of three. And then I got to say the family stone. family stone. People want yes. the family stone and I want the family stone too. Let's There's so much season. to break down that with, with that movie. That's and good. I did a whole episode with my friend Hannah for her podcast. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if anyone wants to hear me talk about it, there's it's out there in the universe on the dark web. But uh, we need to cover it because it is such. Yeah. A, I watched it on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I watched it on my plane ride back, and I was sobbing, sobbing like such ugly crying while Matt was um, unconscious. Next yeah, that's right. <laughs> like it was so. It's so sad, but also it's like not really a good movie, but I love it. I agree. It's a rewatchable. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's that's such an interesting lens. That's what I look at these through. Like, could I rewatch? The Grinch. Like, I didn't to even do part two because I was like, I can't do it emotionally. (laughs) And it's not on streamers anymore. You have to pay for it, which last season for part one of three. It was on Netflix or something. Yeah, but they removed it. You said part one of three. We're doing at least six of these. Exactly. Part one of six. Okay. One of (laughs) TBD. But I wonder if it's because an executive heard our podcast and was like, oh man, let's pull this. You know, (laughs) I know. You know, the animated one from 2018 was like hugely successful box office wise. And so we're not done with the Grinch. Like there's more Grinch coming. We're not sure Mm -hmm. where in the universe. Maybe there will be that Lady Grinch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe they'll do a different kind of live. I mean, but what... I keep thinking like what's next because they're not going to they're going to mine that property for all it's worth. Yes. So we did the CGI. Mm-hmm. We did the live action. So are we going to do a different kind of live action now? Are we going to do a claymation? Or like a dark one like <gasps> Grinch Begins. <gasps> what if there was like a some Grinch sort of prequel. like Soderbergh, you know, like a dark like fight club. We find out why Grinch turned out this way. Oh my god, I'd love that. I would watch that. They sort of tried to do that in the Jim Carrey version, but it was all muddled. Mm-hmm. And it was stupid. I feel like you should take a little break from, yeah. you know. Jim Carrey or The yeah. Grinch? <laughs> yeah, The Grinch. Oh Jim yeah, The Carrey. Grinch should take a breather. I could yeah. also see HBO Max or someone doing like a series, a mini-series or something, mm-hmm. because it feels like, I don't know, it'd be right for that. I just watched uh, that Jimmy Fallon Christmas special. He like, I guess, wrote a book and I saw it. It was on NBC. I don't even know what it's called, but I watched it. It was cute animation. Oh, oh, I saw the John Mulaney one, but that was last year. Did you see yeah. that one? Oh yeah, that wasn't animated though, was it? No. Yeah, this one was animated. Oh, but it no was idea. cute. It was like a half an hour thing. It was cute. Oh. And and then right afterwards was like the Trolls holiday, and I hated it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I like it. don't even know why I'm watching it. I was just like, Matt, we have to watch this. Yeah. And we put it on, and it made me mad. They're milking that, too. They're milking. Enough with the Trolls. The problem, let me just go off about this for at least like 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Trolls holiday special, this was the second holiday special that they'd done. And they're not do the trolls sing a lot in their movies, but they're not singing holiday music in the holiday special. I'm like, fucking sing like, uh, uh, Jingle Bells or something. Like, why aren't we singing uh, White Christmas or yeah. anything? They're singing like pop songs, and there no there's no Christmas on screen. See, that's a, that's and they that's, got Kelly Clarkson in it. Whoa. Justin Timberlake, Kelly Clarkson, Anna Kendrick. They're all singers. The only one I want to hear sing is Kelly Clarkson, if we're being honest. Yeah. But Kelly Clarkson's got two holiday albums, and you don't have her singing a Christmas song in the holiday special. What the fuck? And doesn't JT sing on it? I mean, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Like, they have a whole yeah, album. Yeah, sing that. Like, what the fuck? I had my first kiss to that album. Merry Christmas. Oh, that's a classic Isn't that album. a good one? I like yeah. the one uh, Under the Tree, Under My oh. Tree. It's like a sexy R&B song. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hot. Dreaming of the mistletoe. God, so hot. So, so good. That album, I I might actually listen to the it today. The NSYNC Christmas album, for it those of you. joy. Yeah. Yeah, it's so NSYNC good. Christmas. It's like nostalgia just pumped into your ears. Yeah. It's so good. On my Instagram, I've been doing 
hashtag JC Tuesdays for the holiday season. I was always And so fan. I'm constantly on YouTube looking up old NSYNC clips and it's so fun. Mm. But there's so many of them and it's like, bring them back. I miss that turtleneck denim jean, oh. denim jean jacket era. And just the choreography for Christmas music. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on. Mm-hmm. And at that time, 98 Degrees had a holiday album. It was like, we were getting all these like boy band holiday albums. I need more. Mm-hmm. Need more. We need the divas to come out with something. Yeah. Now that's what I call Christmas Divas Edition. Divas Edition, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jenna, any other final thoughts about the Grinch before we <laughs> let everyone go for this holiday season? So we know you all have a bunch of holiday things you need to do. Last minute shopping. Yes. We're probably joining people. We're, people are probably listening while yeah. they're last minute shopping or while they're baking. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun to think about. Oh, I, I hope you're cozy wherever you are. Oh, let have me a give a tip for, pe- for people who are baking right now. Can mm-hmm. I give a tip? Uh, always don't bake it for the exact amount of time it says you always bake it under because it still bakes on the cookie sheet. Now I and well, I should say for my personal preferences, I like an ooey gooey cookie. Same. I like them undercooked, over frosted, over frosted, <laughs> undercooked, red hot. It needs to be raw in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hate when people cookies are overcooked. And so I just encourage you all, take them out of the oven. They still cook on the pan. People forget that. While you don't have to take them off the pan right away. You can leave them on the pan, and then they'll still cook a little bit. And then after they sit for about an hour, then they harden enough, but they're still gooey. Mm -hmm. You can even take them off the pan right away, and they'll still cook a little bit. So they might look raw when you take them out of the oven, Mm -hmm. but in an hour, they will harden a bit, and they'll still be chewy, and that's how you get a good cookie. Yeah. Because I'm tired of it, Jenna. I'm tired of these overdone cookies. We're over it. So anyone out there baking, mm-hmm. what's your favorite bake good for the holiday? Oh, great question. Did you have any traditions growing up? For- we did cinnamon rolls. Oh, My like mom would bake Christmas rolls morning? On Christmas morning. Oh, I yeah. like that. She'd make them fresh from scratch. So good. Mm. What about you? Uh, my mom, my, my grandma had a recipe that my mom would make and they're like frosted sugar cookies. And then my mom would also make the snowballs, I think they're called, like the... Yeah, with yeah. the powdered sugar on top. They're like rolled in powdered sugar, and they're like they're a dry so cookie. They're like a shortbread. A dry shortbread, oh. yeah. They're really good. Oh, they're so good. Th- so those are, yeah. My, I always say, though, my mom's not a good baker. She, Linda Pellegrino is like mm. the best cook in the whole fucking oh. world. But she does that. That reason why I say that about the cookies is because every time she makes cookies, she cooks overcooks them. Too long. And uh, so, but the snowballs she makes really good. And then she used to make mint squares, chocolate mint squares, which those you can't really fuck up. I mean, they're so good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm getting it. And she does good cherry squares. I said she's just a terrible baker, but she does a few yeah. things that are really good. <laughs> Her yeah. signature yeah. dishes. Uh, yeah. Aww. But I agree. I like a sugar cookie with like tons of frosting, mm-hmm. like an obscene amount of frosting. Yes. And sprinkles in mm-hmm. the whole nine. Yeah. Those edible, those silver ones. I also like those weird sugar cookies they sell every year um, where it's like the Grinch's face in them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. With like the hard. The sugar. Yeah. The sugar ones. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Oh, Uh, okay. So what are we salivating talking about? Wait, so people are shopping. People are baking. We (laughs) want to thank you all. And we hope you're all having a wonderful holiday season. Yeah. Thank you for listening to us. I know. It was so sweet of everyone to join us. And yeah. we hope you guys enjoyed season three of A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. As always, subscribe to the podcast in case we do end up coming out with another episode. You'll get it. Because mm-hmm. yeah. we don't know if we will or not. We're not sure. Can't stop, won't stop. We're going to try to do one, but maybe we won't. Maybe we will. Uh, and then I want to leave everyone with this interview with Rachel Dratch and Anna Gaster, who started in a clusterfunk Christmas. We talk, it's just me and them talking holiday movies. And uh, we hope everyone enjoys. If you want Everything Iconic merch, everythingiconic.store. Pre-order my book. I know this is the mm-hmm. last book plug I'll do, but my book is out March 
uh, March 8th. I forgot the date. <laughs> March 8th. But pre-orders are so super important to authors. So yes. please pre-order if you're planning on getting it. There's holiday stories in the book. It's really, really funny. I'm so proud. It's called How Do I Unremember This? I'll put a link in the episode description, but you can go to Amazon or Target or Walmart and order them online. Or if you want to support your local bookseller, I think this is also super important. Go to IndieBound.org, I-N-D-I-E Bound.org. And you can type in the book, how do I unremember this, and or my name. And you can order from your local bookseller. So it'll show uh, your local bookstore will show up and you can order it directly from them, which is great to help support small businesses this holiday season and yeah. beyond. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a good org. I dig that. Jenna, where are you at on social media? At Jenna.brister. And our Instagram account is a very merry iconic podcast. I'm at Danny Pellegrino. Please enjoy this interview. It's on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino Danny Pellegrino and the number one if you want to watch it. Merry Christmas to all. And to all, a good night. Good night. Merry Christmas. Love love you guys. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm very festive for you both. Wait, can I ask you a question? Did we meet you before at Wine Country? You have not, but I would I okay. I would love to in my head spiritually we're friends already. Okay, that's okay, great. Maybe that's I've for... just seen your name before. Let me introduce you guys and then we'll we'll get to it. Okay, sorry. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I'm here with two queens, icons, and legends. I'm so over the moon on a gas tire and Rachel Dratch. How are you both doing today? Thank Good. You Good to see us, legends. And And speaking of Queens, I just want to show you, I got festive and I've had this shirt. It's a share riding a candy cane. Um, (laughs) And I, I've wanted to wear it forever. And I felt like you guys will get it. You go, you'll get it. You, you pick the right audience. Yeah. I believe in love, uh, life after love, love after life. (laughs) My head also, I'm looking at my zoom. I feel like my head looks so big because I got the Santa hat over the Headphones. You look I look great. Looks good. You look great. Everything's looking good. And you've got a, you've got a festive nod of a little garland behind you. And it's perfect. Yeah. Look, ladies, I love a holiday movie. So I was so thrilled. Clusterfunk Christmas on Comedy Central. I loved watching it. It had all the tropes that I love from like a Hallmark movie. I'm a Hallmark movie junkie. Good. I love the Lifetime movies, love the Hallmark. And I've been dying for a parody of those for years. So I was so thrilled that you both gave it to us. You're both so funny in it and amazing. Uh, talk to me about like, how did the concept come up? 
Okay, first of all, may I thank you before we begin for introducing us that way because I think we wrote the movie for you, Danny. I feel that way. Clearly, clearly. No, I mean, we, we feel that way. <laughs> Actually, we were hoping that a trope lover would enjoy it. Um, uh, we, were, we were, you know, fans as much as the next guy. We love to watch them. We love to hate watch them. We uh, like a, a sentimental feeling, and um, we had been looking for something to write together, frankly, for a while, and um, our my friend Danielle... Von Zernick, who's our other producer, had uh, has actually produced several Lifetime and Hallmark Christmas movies herself. So it was a kind of a meeting of the minds of like, how can no one's done the parody of this yet? This this is so ripe for parody. Rachel and I want to take a crack at it, and luckily uh, she believed in it, and so we we sold it. So it was a pretty pretty fun collaborative experience, and um, and like you said, like we sort of wanted to lean into the structure as perfectly as possible to make it an, a, an impeccable parody. We didn't want to just kind of make fun of Hallmark. We wanted like Uber observations. That makes sense. Well, yeah, it does make sense. And it, it is works on so many levels because also I think I have another podcast where I analyze uh, Christmas movies and I've covered a lot of the Hallmark movies. And I think for fans of that specific network, they're going to find so many little things that they're like, oh yeah, that's that. And then yeah. it also just works if people haven't seen these movies or they're just sort of general holiday movie fans. I think they're going to just laugh and have a good time. I really hope so. There's so many Easter eggs, if you will. I hate that expression, but that's really what they are. I mean, there's so many, like we we deliberately threw a scene into the gazebo for the Hallmark people. We deli- we deliberately, um, there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of sort of like inside baseball in terms of how crappily the movies are made and how they're always up in Canada. So there's a lot of sort of references to Canadian. Um, an accidental and Canadian ac- flag. Accidental Canadian flags and things like that. And um, yeah, and just, you know, observations sort of about the, you know, gay bestie and observations about um, race and class in the movies that we tried to just kind of pepper in so that it was part of the larger romantic uh, story. So, so funny. Now, we're going to get back to Christmas movies, but one of my favorite things that the two of you have done is uh, on SNL, you guys did this uh, Housewives reunion with Andy. It was like all the SNL ladies. Yeah. So fucking funny and i wanted to know do you, either of you keep up with bravo at all like are you guys do you guys watch any of that stuff i've rachel I've, i did i've i watched for a really long time i've kind of fallen off i think like i don't know i think when i had a kid i kind of fell off the housewives a little bit but um do you watch still all the time oh yeah yeah i watch oh, too yeah. much of it yeah oh, there's yeah. a lot of crazy stuff that's why i, I wanted to get your take because there's like crazy oh, stuff shoot, a lot of I'm people not, no it's I'm okay I there's know a lot that, of people going to jail. A lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, because uh, Erica Jane, that that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, because I'm going to do Watch What Happens Live too, and I feel like Andy really likes it. If you know the housewife, so I, yeah, I should I should start. Watching Our friend Emily Spivey, who wrote Wine <laughs> Country, definitely knows a lot too. She she sort of keeps us surprised. But I, I same thing. Like I really kind of lost after Teresa went to jail, actually, and um, that was sort of when I was I exited, but. I love, though, that I, I asked you if you know anything about Housewives, and you guys just mentioned Teresa going to jail, and Rachel, you're like, yeah, the Erica Jane lost it. Well, yeah. that's all like, over. <laughs> yeah, that's everywhere. Exactly. That's, just, that's just being knowledgeable. That's just keeping up a current yeah. event, that's basically. Exactly. 
<laughs> I mean, I studied the, you know, the infrastructure package and Erica Jane. Yeah. And that's I'm in, a well that's in my read, Yahoo feed. I'm a well-read, well-informed citizen of the He's U.S. exactly right. She knows right. about the, the Paris, <laughs> Paris Accord and, and, of course, Erica. James. You're like, yeah, oh, yeah, Erica Jane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, there's two movies that are in your both of your collections that I have to ask you about. They're, they're sort of hidden gems in my mind, and I feel like oh, nobody asks Blart? the two of you Don't about you it. Don't dare ask about Paul uh, Blart. Rachel Dratch, first, I'm going to ask you about Spring Breakdown, which I love Spring Breakdown. I know you you. co-wrote it. What can you tell me a story or or a memory about that that experience? Oh, my gosh. It was it was so fun to make. I mean, my friend Ryan Shiraki, it was um, his idea. And I sort of was like, like for this one, it was definitely co-writing from the beginning up. And that one, I was sort of like just getting my feet wet and writing. So. I helped with that one, like a lot of dialogue and stuff, because I've never been a good like plot person. But he was that the plot person for that movie. It was so fun, and um, uh, yeah, we were hoping it would go to theaters. I don't quite know what happened with that. So that it always like oh spring breakdown. Like, but you can still watch <laughs> it nowadays. Everything streams. So where does she? Check where does she air? Um, she airs. I don't know where she is right now, but you can always the gays, find it. The gays have found it on the dark web. Like we've, oh, we, we have okay. it. We have okay. our copies. So www.gay.com. Yeah, yeah. Dark web. <laughs> check me out. Yeah. I, I did that when <laughs> I was fourteen, Anna, and it wasn't a pretty picture on oh, my no. family computer. No. Um, okay, way, Anna. What? Yes. Go ahead. No, what I was going to say. Gonna... By the way, be careful when you Google clusterfunk. <laughs> For real. Speaking of the dark web. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Anna, the one I want to ask you about is The Women, another gay uh, classic with uh, Meg Ryan, who's one of my favorite actresses ever. Like, I'm obsessed with Meg Ryan. What do you remember about that experience, especially because it was an all-female cast, like every single, even extra, I believe, right? It was an all-female cast, and I love the the original of that movie so much, and I've watched it a lot. Um, It was... uh, it was it was frustrating because it was sort of at a moment where things couldn't get financed for women. I mean, it was a while ago now, right? It was like over 10 yeah, years. I think like 08. And it took her, yeah. And it took her a really long time to get it financed. And then she finally got it financed. And then it was, you know, everybody just talked about everybody's work on their faces. And so it was a little bit frustrating in that respect. Um, what I remember about it was that I played sort of like the, you know, chippy friend of Ava Mendez. And I, I do remember... Being so like when you meet a really truly beautiful person, you cannot stop thinking about how beautiful they are. Like it's like a little bit Ryan McPartland in our movies like this. He plays like the good looking. He's like a Hallmark star who and and TV comedy star who who plays the sort of other love interest in the movie. But he's so symmetrical. And Cheyenne is like this too. Jackson, where you just stare yeah, at their face like, like it's like math. You know, like you're like I can't concentrate on words because your face is so distractingly symmetrical like everything is just mad and i remember her lip color was the color like her skin tone to her lip naturally without lipstick is the color that you if you were makeup artist she was so lovely but also so beautiful like it was just distracting it was distracting to my craft you know you mentioned the conversation being all about like plastic surgery and stuff and i i always I remember that era was just such a tough time for the industry yeah. and particularly women. But it's like, if you look back now, I know a lot of the conversation was about Meg Ryan and she always has looked beautiful, but it's like, yeah. 
the culture has changed so drastically now that I think if you rewatch that movie, you're like, she looks stunningly perfect. There doesn't look like anything. Everything looks That's great. That's so interesting. Yeah, I was just reading, I was telling Rachel this article um, at 4.30 in the morning when I had insomnia uh, about sort of the way that the culture's been sold on Botox and this idea that like we've, we've bought into how normal it should be to freeze your face and especially as a woman to freeze your face and especially, you know, with the Instagram and kind of commodification of it. So the New York times, it was super interesting. And to your point, it's like now it's become so, it's become so habitual to see a frozen face that we don't even really understand. Like you said, looking back, it probably looks like the most moderate amount of work done ever. Yeah. Um, And I also, I'm just gonna throw in a little feminist kick here too, which the writer wrote, which I really thought was interesting. She was like, if you think about it, Freezing all these things in place is kind of taking away the female mechanism for any emotion at all, Like, which is sort of interesting because as you hit the age where you would have wrinkles, you're also sort of set free to like feel whatever the fuck you want and say what you want. And then it's odd that like at the same exact moment, we're freezing all of those things on our faces so nobody can tell if we're sad or angry or And upset. that's why in our movie, mm-hmm. we put on gray wigs <laughs> mm-hmm. and buns. That's right. Oh, you guys, I loved it. The I fully was, I, it was so good. And that's why we wore Party City gray buns. Party City wigs. Were they Party City? Were they like no, they, cheap wigs? They, they were cheap. They may as well have been. They I'm were, not, they were top shelf, not human hair. Yeah. You know, I had interviewed Rosie O'Donnell recently and she was saying she always knew she'd age into sort of the Geraldine Page roles and she's having such a great time sort of fitting into those roles because they're it, it's a it's a fun era and age and yeah. everything to to explore on screen. I don't know. Uh, no, it's true. I mean, I think for any character actress, we've been sitting around waiting to be 50 our entire lives. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. both both Rachel and I and, I, and this is a true fun fact. Uh, it, there was a show called The Real Live Brady Bunch in the in the 90s where they were like productions of full episodes of The Brady Bunch. It was a huge cult popular like all comedy thing. And each of us was in it and each of us played Alice. <laughs> and played we were Cindy. like 20. Oh. Well, and didn't – I know Amy Poehler played Rachel McAdams' mom in – um, mean oh, Girls. Oh, yeah, Mean Girls, yeah. And you, Anna, were – Lindsay, it's like the age difference was probably nothing, but it's like crazy. Yeah. Something. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we got to talk about Christmas movies, though. So, do you? Yeah, either, back to Christmas. Do you guys Get have off a of favorite? feminism. Pass. No, I love it. I, I could honestly, we could do a full hour on this because I love it. Um, but do you guys have a favorite Christmas movie of all time? Oh, I the I I religiously watch White Christmas, and I religiously watch The Grinch, and I religiously watch It's a Wonderful Life every single year. Um, more recently, we watch. Uh, Christmas story, I would say with the kids. And um and I and and we usually watch Elf. Oh, that's so cute. And it's a wonderful life. I love it, but I almost like I don't want to go on the emotional journey of it. Yeah, so I'm like I, I see it there, I'm like, I got this, and then I don't watch it. I watch thing. it every year. Right. But also it's my dad worked for the savings and loan industry and we owned it as a family because it has the best representation of savings and loans of any film. Uh, I don't know if you know, remember the whole scene. I mean, literally, that's why we owned it. Like, talk about uh, the wrong emotional message of the movie. <laughs> that's what people remember, though. Anna, you mentioned remember when the they try to get their money back when the building and loan closes, and he's like, yeah. "I can't give it to you. It's in Sosa's <coughs> house." That's yeah. my dad was like, "This is the best representation." That's this why we is it. it. Yeah. Um, why? Well, what's your favorite Christmas movie? I love Home Alone. Uh, you mentioned oh, yeah. The Grinch, though, and I want. I love The Family Stone too. It's like a newer favorite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And Christmas vacation to me is like hilariously fun. I love Christmas vacation. And love actually. Yeah. Yeah. Love actually. Um, Wait, you mentioned the Grinch though. You mean the original animated, not the Jim Carrey one, right? Yes. Have you seen the the Jim Carrey one? No, I mean everything about it. it a little bit. Okay, Rachel, give it to me. It's unhinged, right? Yeah, I mean, I think because I'm so um, yeah attached to the original animated thing. Like, I think if you saw that without seeing the animated, you'd have a whole different... But I'm just, like, so, like, old school about how it... Yeah, it's unhinged, yeah. I used to wait up. I remember waiting for that. And all, and, and all the Rankin and Bass, too. Like, like Oh, I'm scared of those. No, I'm scared of those. I don't like oh, really? I love those. I oh, love no, those. they're, like, so, they still make me so happy. Heatmeister and all oh, of those, yeah. yeah. So oh, yeah. They gave me nightmares as a kid. I, like, got really? nightmares Even from the claymation. Lives, the, oh, I love yeah. them so I, much. I understand. They're a little bit chucky. They have I never to, liked the... Crossover. The nose noise that Rudolph's nose. Oh, that makes. makes I can see that being yeah, like nightmares. It's upsetting. Like, oh. Also, it's, it's she a, thinks I'm cute. It's a, <laughs> it's a good impression. <laughs> and the gay dentist. So I got it. I got to slip my Rudolph impression every. Because well, they're gonna do the live action. We've done they're gonna do the live action next this. year. She's I'm trying just to get in. I'm angling for that yeah. one line. Yeah, this she is thinks it. I'm cute. <laughs> <laughs> please, make, please make it happen. I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the Jim Carrey Grinch. Oh um, God, yeah. I just have to say that there is like a little baby Grinch that is also nightmare inducing. Yeah, it's yeah. like and people. I yes. just discovered this last year. People on Etsy make the baby Grinch. You guys have to look it up. I know you guys have okay. a lot of press. I'm sure doing today, but find some time to look up on Etsy. People who make the baby version of the Grinch from the Jim Carrey Grinch, and they sell them for. Upwards of five hundred, six hundred dollars, but they're dolls in there. That's the- not. I, I don't mean to be this guy, but that's not money well spent. <laughs> I don't think that's going to appreciate over time. It's just my sense. We got to take a quick break here. We'll be back with more in just a second. I want to thank Acast for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic. And wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you get all new episodes of Everything Iconic. Is there a Christmas movie that you hate? I know I hate to talk about what we hate, but like, is there one that that comes on or something? Like, like I said, I hate the claymation thing. Is there one that for you guys is just like that's a no? I don't love like just personally. I don't love the ones that fall into like hostile territory surrounding Santa. Like, I like my Christmas. Mm. Pretty uh, heartwarming. Oh, you mean like a bad Santa? Yeah, like I don't like drunk Santas and things like that. It sort of brings me down. You know. that's just not my genre, but you know, again, I'm I'm not a straight white male, right, right. <laughs> so there's that said with love and deep respect. And thank God. Oh, you know what? One I find Little Drummer Boy to be a real snooze. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one. It's a snooze. You probably mm-hmm. saw I like it. And the fell song. I like the song. God, that's why you don't remember it. Have you guys, you have to also look this up. I'm giving you a list of things to look up. Look up Jessica and Ashley Simpson singing the little drummer boy on the holiday special from 2005 ish. Oh my God. It's important. It's important. Speaking my language. All right. It's important. It's a lot Um, of like (laughs) Ashley Simpson with the dark hair singing. I am a poor boy too. Is like some of the best thing you'll ever see. (laughs) All right. I'm going to check that out. I love a vintage of any era family Christmas special. And it's actually my dream to 
produce one next. Like the King family oh, yeah. singers. Yeah. No, nothing makes me happier. I remember you had that Yeah, idea. I was going to try to it pitch that. Well, and you have to do it too, because you have this amazing holiday album that I want everyone to check out. And it's both funny and great music and and it's it's just everything. So I hope people check that out. I, I, do it's you have sugar and booze? Do you have plans to do more? Uh, yeah, I, Christmas well, I'm touring. Music? I'm touring with it this year. Yes, for sure. I mean, part of the reason you write a Christmas record is because it's slightly perennial, but also because of the the virus, we ended up pushing all of our 2020 dates till this year. So I'm doing a little tour, just a two week tour with it, and it's so much fun because we wrote a very, you know, tradi- again traditional, like kind of old-fashioned, nostalgic, swinging vibe. And I really wanted it to be able to, like, seamlessly fill it, you know, fill in with your with your Ella record and your Frank record when you were, like, whatever, decorating the tree. And we wrote some really fun originals that I feel kind of old-fashioned. So, um, I, I mean, the goal wasn't necessarily to be funny as it was to be fun and to have a great time and play a record. We have a, amazing arrangements. My producer, Julian Fleischer, is really, really talented arranger. So we had a good, really good time. It's fantastic. Now, were there any uh, tropes that you guys didn't weren't able to fit into the clusterfunk Christmas? Like, was there anything that you were like, "Oh man, we're trying to find a place for it." I really wanted everyone to get trapped inside a snow globe until they found the magic of Christmas, but um, it was like one step too many. I wanted there to be like a supernatural like weather event that created an outdoor experience that was like a snow globe, but I was shut down. And we also at one point had a big musical number, right? But that um, that couldn't happen due to budget and due, time. Due to so finances. So then we thought of having, and we don't want to spoil this, but we'll just say we thought of instead of that doing a Christmas angel. And so yeah, we, we like how that we figured out. a supernatural intervention of yeah. some kind, a Christmas apparition, which often happens in the movies. And that's a fun, that's fun a fun little moment. cameo for a little special special diva in our lives. I love that moment. It's so good. Uh, people are going to love this movie. Do you guys still have the SNL ladies group text? I know this is sort of like a lore for, for people like myself. Like, what's going on with this group text? People in your community? Yeah, we're very aware um, yeah, of it and love still, it. We certainly do. We still chat. Every still, day. Yes. So Every where do day. we draw the line with the group text? Like, did it go up to a certain year on SNL? Or do we add the the women in there as they're still on well, it? You know what? It was sort of just like we were naturally texting you know a lot of it started in my memory anyway like we all had little kids yeah so we were like what do i do when this happens like it started out for me like a lot of like kid talk practical comedy mother or like (laughs) and then it kind of blossomed out from there but like paula doesn't have kids she has animals but you know um. that's true but i think that's how i first started like a few group people. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then it really it coalesced around Rachel's 50th birthday. So there was like a chat group and a bunch of girlfriends that, you know, eventually were like, we need an excuse to really have a getaway because there is this kind of deeply tribal conversation that you can really only share with your SNL sisters. And so um, we ended up going away for Rachel's birthday and that kind of cemented the, the lifelong love. You know, I feel like there might be some world or something where we could get screenshots of this text thread and maybe auction them off for charity or something. Is there a way that we could do something like that? It's funny because I did think some of this would make a great, like, coffee table book. I don't know. Maybe coffee table is the wrong word for it. But yeah, like a book.
Anyway, there has whatever. to be some space for it because trust me, like people like myself, we would love to just even like one screenshot, maybe on social media, we get something like just one screen grab or something. You know, something. I don't know. There is some funny stuff. There's some funny stuff. There's a lot of state secrets, though, too. (laughs) I would like that, too. Okay, tell me your favorite performances of the other person. Like, uh, Rachel, do you have a favorite thing that Anna's done, whether it be on SNL, a sketch, or anything? What's your favorite thing of hers? Anna has, like, obviously, like, a very large body of work. But the thing that first strikes me when asked that is, like, the stuff I saw her do before I was even on the show when I was just, like, watching her on my TV and thinking, like, oh, my God, that woman's so funny. And that makes me think of NPR and the uh, well, Martha Stewart and um, and the Bobby and Marty um, sketches where she would sing. The, she was the middle school teachers with Will Ferrell, and they would do those medleys. Like, those are my, like, because those were, like, my, my first, like, imprinting as I was the baby bird seeing <laughs> the mama bird who's well, a year younger than me. me. But anyway, like, that's what really, like, sticks with me, even though she's done, like, so many. To jump on that, I still say from the Bobby and... Mohan Cole, um, I still say I felt that one in my filling. It was like from one of those sketches, <laughs> like the mic goes hot. And I think it was Will who says, oh, I felt that one in my filling. And it's, it's so funny. I always think of so funny, funny little ones that get stuck in your head because when all that feedback at the beginning and for some reason in a regular way, and I don't even remember when we did this, I think it was maybe on the 40th or when Will went back one time or something. I just remember saying like, I hear some sonic fuzz on the Wi-Fi. Which makes me laugh. Same thing. It's just like some random line that Paula wrote, probably. But um, same thing with Rachel. I have to say, like again, huge body of work. Huge respect for the fact that she's done a ton of work on stage and in film, and some really great dramatical work. See Shameless last season. So um, good. But yes. yeah, so good. But like, but at the same time, I, I have to say that maybe this is just because we've just finished doing this thing where you have to be kind of a grown up after you leave SNL, and you have to do a lot of like playing the straight woman mom and the, you know, whatever, like there's a lot of sort of just smiling and nodding that you do professionally. So it was so fun. Every time we get together, we are sort of set each other free on the wig, wig and glasses comedy. And so my, I do maybe just cause our movie, we get to play these kind of parts. We, we did, we've done them together when we worked on a show called great news that Tina, um, Tracy Wigfield wrote the Tina produced and so underrated too. that show. I know it's really funny. Three seasons of perfection. And I know know a lot of people who discovered it sort of late, but it's amazing. It's a bummer, but yeah, it was super fun to do that. We played sort of a, a, a Kathy Lee and Hoda pair. So anytime we can kind of lean into the giant parts together. And as a result of that, just in the spirit of that, I would say that I love Rachel's sketch. I love Rachel's sketch work. I mean, obviously like everybody else in the entire world, I love Debbie Downer. I love um, Abe Scheinveld. I love I mean, the, the Boston girl. I love the the Dickensian character he used to play. Remember he used to play that like yeah, little Dickensian? Yeah. Um, Pip. What was it? I don't even know. It was a one-off. <laughs> was it only anyway. a one-off? Yeah. Oh, hilarious. But um, yeah, so just all of the, all of the character work the sketch and character works like yeah i gotta say of course everyone loves debbie downer but that one with Lindsay lohan in particular Uh to me that's the thing i can go back to that i know 100 percent is going to change my mood when i see 100 percent. it's like it the way that it can just shift a day around more than almost anything else in the entire universe it's like i know i'm feeling down take a couple minutes find that video online uh, and it's that is just, a great, oh, that's, so, that's a great life hack. World. Yeah. Thank but, you. But really seeing the two of you pop up in anything, it's like, I, I, of course I was raised with the two of you on SNL and I just loved that generation of, of so many amazing women like Molly Shannon, Shira Terry, yeah. the two of you, Tina, Amy, 
And I just feel so lucky that that was sort of my introduction to comedy in, in so many ways, because you were all were just the funniest people ever. The funniest people ever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what's next? What do you guys want to do next? Like what's on the dream bucket list, Greer Goleth? Mm. Um, I do want to write more Christmas stuff. I, I, I'm not just saying, not just this movie, but I want to write a Christmas special. I want to write more Christmas music. I want to write a sequel or something else with Rachel. It was incredibly fun and fulfilling to do. Um, what's on your bucket list? Jeez, the I don't Olympics? know. I got to get a bucket list going. Um <laughs> travel i'm not sure i i need to i need to have a thing to say so that it will the She's universe been, she will wants provide. to take up golf no i don't know i would love to write another thing with anna though that's yeah and i actually would like to write something for the two of us as well as our all the i would love to write something we could populate like the wine country cast with would be amazing i mean yes please would you guys ever do would you be interested in doing more like book writing stuff like is that on the horizon all because i would love to read like essay collections from you guys more more essay collections i i well Rachel's i'm like giving you guys work to do no, i know rachel I has a great essay collection yeah, but yeah so i did one and then i i sat down to try to do another and it just wasn't really like i, I took one afternoon and then said screw it no <laughs> no i like back then, That's I enough. had this whole like story, and then I had like the surprise pregnancy. Like I had like a thing happening, and like now, like I don't know. I guess I need to. She's looking for I some need another surprise pregnancy. Right. Well, we just want your, surprise. We want your thoughts on things. Like I, we love hearing the, just your thoughts on things. Like it, I don't know that. That's so awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I I personally fluctuate between who cares and you know is there a point and I, I, I would know, how want dare you. I'm just saying like if I were to write something, I would want for it to have some import or impact on people. I don't want to just write for its own sake. I love writing, but maybe I don't know. Well, we would take anything you guys want to write. We love it. Um, I love you both so much. I wrap up all my interviews by asking the ne- people these next two questions, and they're silly, but it's just your favorite Mariah Carey song, because I love Mariah. She's sort of the sign of the holiday season as well. Um, and then also, if you were choosing for People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive, who would you choose? Ooh. 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 Golly. That's tough. Oh, gosh. Um, well, Mariah Carey song, um, I'm going to say, I'm not just saying this, but I love the song, All I Want for Christmas to You. So it drives some people crazy, I guess. But I It's one of the best Christmas songs ever written. That's the one I know the most of Mariah Carey that I that I would I love this like. song on I think I don't know how many last album ago. Get the fuck out. Get the F out. Do you know that song? How, yeah, how about you how about you? Get the fuck out. Get the fuck oh, out. Wow. It's so fantastic because it's so understated and it's really well written, but it's so exactly what you want to it, it, like pun, she punches at the right moment. She's a great songwriter. Fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing songwriter. writer. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, everyone knows her for her voice, but amazing. Also, I just got this ornament and it's supposed to be Mariah, but I don't know if you can see the, it kind oh, yeah, looks okay. like, it's like does not look the hair like seems, so okay. th- that's a major skin tone mismatch. P.S. <laughs> Hmm, it's a bit of a mess. Anyway, I love you both. Everyone's going to check out Clusterfunk Christmas. Oh, P- uh, People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive. You oh, guys I thought we were going to that. No, we're not. I'm not. I don't forget. Um, no. Right Shoot, now, I don't know. sexy? I know it's, they say it's Paul Rudd right now. He's sexy, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on the year. I would. Idris Elba is pretty high up there. I have to say, like, hard to deny. I'm going to go. This is going to be rad. This is also sort of like a weird old school call. But, you know, just for our generation who doesn't friggin' age is John Stamos. It's insane how attractive that man is for his age. So he and Idris and I are going to get together and be a thruple. I love that. I love that. Rachel? um, I'm just going to punt and 
I don't know. I don't know. I'll just join in their thruple and <laughs> uh, cluster. Who was your Christmas. call? What do you say? I like a Chris Hemsworth, Idris Elba, of course. Michael B. Jordan, I think, was maybe a oh, couple God, years yeah, ago or something. I... But to me, he's just like, oh my God. Um, yeah, those are the the ones that immediately come to mind. I think Paul Rudd is sexy too. Channing Tatum, I know it's some. I love Channing Tatum. Like to me, he's got the sex appeal. When I watch Magic Mike, I'm like, the way he moved in that movie, it was just uh, revolutionary to me and he's kind of funny you have to be a little bit funny yeah he's like goofy and do you remember the sony hack like the emails leaked i always think about his emails they like i saw some website where they uh his emails were there and they just seemed so nice and fun like he just it was like all exclamation points and he's like yeah we're killing it and like those were i was like that's he seems like just a lovely nice man upbeat i love it yeah that's not gonna happen in our sony hack yeah, what people <laughs> emails. I love you both. I'm gonna let you go. Cluster Fun Christmas, December second, Comedy Central. I can't wait to see the sequel. I need it right now. So go get right into it. I'm sorry to put that on you. And everyone watch Spring Breakdown. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Throw that in there too. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. like to look five years younger in a clinical study people that had volume added with juvederm voluma xc in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.